Welcome to the Eagles Nest Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this recent message. Hallelujah. Amen, Bill. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Lord. We have a number of, uh, number of folks gone today, including my mom and dad. Thank you for praying for them and believing for them to have rest and peace uh, as they've had a tremendously busy year. God has entrusted us with lands that we didn't uh, 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 plow and houses we didn't build, and we're just, we're just trusting God just like you guys. And so I'm really happy for my mom and dad to be in the Carolinas right now. They're watching. There's a lot of folks actually watching. My wife, my beautiful wife, Kiri, and my kids are all up north in a ridiculously snow-filled Indian head. It's up in Wakeville in the UP. If you guys are skiers, you know where that's at. Uh, God is so good. Somebody say, God is good. good. Just let your spirit be lifted. Let, Let your soul just relax today. I want us to relax in the presence of God. If you're not relaxed yet, that worship uh, was phenomenal. Ian, thank you for leading us today. Can we appreciate Ian and the team? And I want to thank all of our visitors who came today. Um, Let's honor our visitors. Mike McDonovich, Jay, a couple of you guys uh, come here and there. It's great to see some of you who I haven't seen in a while. Um, so it, it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord together, where everybody is a family member. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I want to pick up where I left off last week. Uh, <clears throat> today, I'm calling it Your Destiny, God's Season. Uh, during the summertime, the Lord put Joseph on my heart. And if you, if you missed last week or you want to catch up, I encourage you to check out the podcast or go online. It's on Facebook. Uh, but the Lord was really speaking to me about this life we all know very famously in the Bible. It's Joseph. Many people, uh, it's their favorite, favorite person in all of Scripture uh, for a lot of reasons, right? Joseph is, is, is real. Uh, he's sometimes very relatable to us, right? And so I'm going to continue that way. Last week I talked about our destiny. I'm still talking about our destiny today, but last week we talked about it in terms of dreams and interpreting dreams. So I want to review real quick. Um, You know, everybody has God moments, right? We talked about how Joseph had God moments. They were those dreams. He dreamed a dream. God gave him two dreams that basically showed how his future would roll out. And then he stepped very quickly into a me moment, and the me moment kind of took him into, uh, shall we say, a pit. <laughs> he, he, he landed in the ditch. Um, the first situation probably was his father's responsibility. His father could have been a better dad and not made it so obvious that he loved him that much. I, I don't know. That's between, that's between those guys and God. I'm not going to judge that. But the second situation, Joseph could have helped out a little better by being more discreet. So we talked about that. Um, and by the way, I love that the kids are in the house today because I, um, I have a really cool thing at the end if the Lord lets me. 
So God moments, we all get them. They, they've been given to us in prophecies. They've been given to us in dreams. Let's see hands go up as I say something that you've had in your life experience. They've been prophecies. They've been dreams. They've been words of knowledge given to you. They've been, they've been like 3D scriptures coming at you and like, this is what you are called to do, Stu. Um, they've been people coming to you and just sowing into your life, maybe financially. That was an answer to prayer. You know, God knows how to give us moments where it is absolutely Jesus Christ showing up. Any more obvious, he'd show up in a red t-shirt. You know, that, that stuff happens uh, for all of us because he loves us. Everybody say, he loves me. Jesus loves me. And he doesn't want me to not neglect my God moments. So we talked about, even though I have a me moment, and I use the example of my history is music. In, in my fun, you know, if it paid the bills, I wouldn't work. But it doesn't pay the bills, so I work, just like the rest of you. And, and music for me has had a lot of different experiences. I talked about a concert, and, you know, I said I was single once. I, I'm transparent with you guys. I, I, you know, we are all in this thing together, this journey of life. And I stepped into plenty of me moments. And you know what? God's graciousness overcame my me moment because people got saved at those events. People were drawn to Jesus because of my crazy passion. People were given their hearts to the Lord, maybe for the first time, because they sang a song they didn't know they could sing that crazy or that loud or that passionate. So our me moments can't hold us back. You guys need to hear that because some of us are good at me moments. And that happens as we become falling more in love. I talked about this, as we fall more in the love with the Lord, we become more equipped to hate sin. And as we hate sin, that righteousness becomes our own and we depart what once held us back. That was a good one to write down. Praise God. I might get excited today, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Is anybody here today? Hallelujah. I know we're here today. So we talked about God moments and you got to capture them. Joseph captured his God moment. He knew it. He knew that was God. He, ha- he probably had the holy goosey bumps. He woke up that day. He's like, I got to tell my brothers. Oh, and he told them. He believed it. He believed it enough to do that. And then kind of like Mary, it said, she hid in her heart what the angel Gabriel told her. I believe that Joseph did that very well. He hid in his heart. He held on to his God moment. It's one thing to capture your moment. It's another thing to believe it. But it's a whole nother ball of wax when you hold on to it. Because I don't know about you Christians, but for me, my God moments, and when I realize that God moment in, a, in, in it coming to pass, there's, there's a lot of time. I like to joke around like the disciples who, who were told by Jesus, you know, I'll be back. I'm coming back. Sweet, he's coming back next weekend. Let's go up into the upper room and just wait. He's coming. Isn't that how we are? Isn't that how we are? I'm serious. We have God moments, and we expect it to happen tomorrow. We expect it to happen next week. Hey, it's 2020. That's a pretty cool number, 2020 vision. God's going to do crazy stuff. Absolutely. But you got to hold on sometimes for a long time. you gotta, you got you to really persist. you gotta, you got to push through trials. Like Paul said, those things work patience in our lives. The showing up of a trial doesn't mean I missed God. The showing up of a trial probably means the opposite, that I am so close to him, he wants me to grow. I'm going to talk about that today. So, life happened to Joseph. The first one, I would argue, was his fault. Could have been more discreet. We've all been there. We're not hanging this thing on Joseph. It's called, called being a human. 
he goes into Potiphar's house. God anoints him, gives him favor. He has that situation with the, the beautiful young lady. He gets in the slammer. That one wasn't his fault. Doesn't it seem like sometimes in life really good people have really bad things happen to them? Doesn't that just make you mad? Maybe, you're, maybe you are experiencing that. It's like not fair. And maybe you're even mad at God today. I, I, this word's for you. I want to give you guys allowance to get mad at God, to get real with God, to be honest with him. To know that he wants to hear your grievances. He wants to be that close to you. And so Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Joseph is in the prison, and I'm sure he's had a couple of days in a row, maybe weeks, maybe years, I don't know how long he was there. But I'm sure he went through a season of being really mad. Really, really mad. Righteously indignant. I did the right thing. I could have slept with her and probably had it a prolonged season. Nobody would have known. I'd still be there. Maybe that, was, maybe that was how I was supposed to get to the fulfillment of my dream. I'm sure he's doing all of that. Monday morning quarterback stuff. And yet, it says in the scripture, in Genesis, I believe it's 39, that the Lord was with him. Say, the Lord was with him. I want you to know today that regardless of where you are, the Lord is with you. Joseph, it's easy to say God's with me when I have the holy goosey bumps and this, the music can't be better and the sermon is, is like from God to me. You know, it hits me right in the middle of the chest. It's easy to know God's with you. It's another thing to know that God's with you when you're in that prison season, when you're in that wilderness season. And it's a whole entire another thing to know when you've lived right and you've walked with the Lord, and you feel that you've been brought these things that aren't fair, to also still know that God is with you. Does that make sense? Our sin causes us to enter into seasons that God didn't want us to go into, and he's gracious, and he overcomes us with his graciousness, and evil is overcome with good. And so we come out of it like Romans 8, 28 prescribes. However, when we've, when we've learned how to walk through fire, when we go into the lion's den and we know that God is with us, it's a whole other thing to have the trust in God that he's still with me. And so Joseph, I can see this trial that continues to, to like compound, or like we talked about last time, they accelerated. His dreams were no longer like given to him. Okay, butler and baker, what were your dreams? Tell me what they were. No, this time he gets out of the prison, and he has to tell the Pharaoh the dream, and he has to know the interpretation of the dream. And so as you go deeper with God, as you experience glory to glory in your walk with Jesus, absolutely yes, you'll have vipers come and bite your arm and you'll have to believe God for healing, like Paul had, right? Or is that Peter? Somebody correct me on that. Paul, I thought so. I get my P's mixed up sometimes. And, and you're going to have other situations where it just seems like the enemy is coming against you, and you're right. The enemy is coming against you. But you must know that the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And so Joseph, I love how the Lord allowed Moses um, to write that. Joseph knew, Moses wrote this book, Joseph knew that God was with him. And I think that's an insight to the heart of Joseph. His heart maintained its focus on God. So the whole point of last week was you unlock your destiny by interpreting other dreams. As we focus 
away from ourselves is we start to focus. I used David like twice in the last sermon, so you're, you're the guy today again. You know, as I, as I look at my, my beautiful friend and brother-in-law, David, and like how, how is God moving in his life? And God, I, I just want to go to you on behalf of David. Like, no, nothing to do with Stu today in my prayer. It's all about David, and I want to pursue you for the dreams that he has, and what can I inform him, just like Joseph did for Butler and Baker, just like Joseph did for Pharaoh. We're going to find ourselves promoted in the Lord. That's the key to unlocking your destiny as you, as you pursue other people, and you pursue their dreams as you try to understand someone else's shoes. What do they feel like? God's going to speak to you for them. And their destiny will come to pass. So I, I, I'm dangerously getting close to preaching on last week's sermon. So I just, you know, listen to it. Um, God's obviously still hovering over that. But it's really, really important that we take, you know, the Me Too movement and all this stuff. You know, we're, we're trying to preserve our self-esteems and, you know, we, we look at these things and um it's in, it's incredibly scary when you look at the bottom and it says how much time you spent on which apps you guys know what i'm talking about it's like i spent how many hours i seriously spent that much time we have to be really observant of other people today more than ever i love how stephen Furtick says it he's always hammering hard, 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 hard on social because he's, you know, talking to millions and millions of millennials. That's true. I'm so happy for them hearing the gospel through Steve. He's like, you know, if you guys would just keep on looking at the Instagram and look at everybody else's life and why they went on vacation when they're in debt and why that gal got a ring before I got it and all of a sudden you think really, really weird thoughts of yourself that are twisted and not from God. It's, it's totally backwards, isn't it? As opposed to, I want to pray for that person. I want to hear God for that person. I don't want to get caught up in all this stuff. All right. So we're going to get back, back to what the Lord put on my heart for today. What God is doing today is, I think, showing us what season we're in. So, I want to answer a really fair question. I think some of you may have left last week, or even you're sitting there today, it's like, okay, Stu, i got to go pray for somebody. I get it. i got to go seek the Lord. I can do that. But, like, interpret their dream. Like, find a dream. Find somebody's life purpose and, like, interpret for them. That seems hard and unique. Probably doesn't happen often. I would say, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I don't think I've had many dreams. I've had folks give me their dreams, and I can interpret them often. But uh, that's not a routine thing. I would like to, I'd like to shift it to saying, helping them identify what season they're in. Last week under the anointing, I said very passionately that sometimes it's impossible for you and I to see the forest from the trees. We're in life, and, and we look at what's right in front of us, and we get completely consumed by it. We can get so consumed by it, we don't understand what God is doing to us. We look at the tactical, circumstantial stuff, and it messes with us. This stuff, circumstantial, the stuff that the media throws at us. And I need David to tell me, Stu, don't freak out. You're in a time of, you're, you're in a season of high productivity right now. 
don't worry about what, what, what I'm doing. Don't worry about what John is doing. This is what God's doing in your life. And so now I'm bringing it home to like, what do we do? Brass tacks. Very easily is we'll look at somebody else's season and we'll be like, I want that season. I want to be that. I want to do that. Or we might even become judgmental. How in the world do they get to experience that? I know their life. I know what they did. Right? And then I forget about what God's doing in my life because I'm so consumed by what God, I think, is doing for somebody else unfairly because God's grace doesn't work for them. It only works for me. I'm preaching today. So as I start to look at it, it is so profoundly perverse in worship teams. Good Lord, it's disgusting. And I'm not going to preach too hard. But as we stop doing that to each other, churches do that to each other. Why is the grace of God moving on them? Why? I know what denomination they used to be. They just changed their name. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Why is the Lord hitting the Catholics up with a fresh power of the Lord? Because he loves the Catholics. All right. I'm feeling the goosebumps. We're going to be standing and praising God between this and the end. Absolutely. Because God wants us to start looking at each other in a completely different way. One that celebrates what God's doing at that church, what God's doing in that worshiping, what God's doing in that individual. When we start celebrating them, God opens our mind to see. Some of us can't see. We don't even know we have scales on our eyes. I need my brother David to say, Stu, that's a little judgmental. You've got you to calm it down. As we look at each other in, in the context of the church, in the context of our families, and we start praying, you can't help but love them. Let's say, let's say, let's be really human. Let's say you really have a problem with somebody. You get that feeling, you know the feeling where it's just like, whoosh, you know, it's like, whoosh, like, is there an alien inside of me making that feeling? Like, you can't even control it. Somebody comes to you, you're like, Ugh. all right, I'm a predator versus alien guy, so if you guys know what I'm talking about, that's what it feels like. Like, oh, okay. Why? Why did that happen? Why does that happen? And I'm, I'm honest. I go to God, I'm like, God, Remove the feeling. He's like, Stu, remove your tood. No, God, I just want the feeling gone. I want to be able to hug him and smile. He's like, Stu, you need to deal with your attitude, man. How do you expect the love of me to flow through you when you're judging him when I'm supposed to be the judge? And I've got him taken care of. Believe me. I've got him taken care of. The Holy Spirit has his number, has his dream schedule, has his everything you got to love him. Okay, good prayer. <laughs> Anybody with me? So Joseph, I think, I, think he had, I think he had a challenge there. And I think in his progression of his life, he had to deal with that. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, man, I've never had brothers try to kill me. I've never had brothers... Say, you know what, let's not kill him because the blood would be on our hands. Let's put him in a pit instead. That's better. <laughs> Can you imagine what Joseph is doing? Well, I mean, what is he, tied up? They don't have duct tape? What is he, is, is he already, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Think about the fear that's gripping him. 
Think about the bitterness that he could walk with and absolutely have, right, in our minds. He didn't have it. You ever been around a bitter basket case? Bitter basket cases. It's in my notes. So I, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted me to share it. A bitter basket case is, is like they're just an incorrigible person. And they've developed this defense, this fortress of opinion. And they don't let God in. Joseph didn't do that. He was so humble that he let the love of God move through him. Which is why he was able to be anointed and interpret dreams. Some of us can't interpret dreams. Some of us don't feel like we're able to operate in the gifting that God called us to do. It's because we got to go backwards, literally, go backwards in time and say, okay, where did I pick something up and start laying these cinder blocks of judgment around my opinion? And as I identify that, I let the Lord come through with a humongous sledgehammer and bust it apart. Then all of a sudden, my life starts to flow like a dam that was removed. And I can assist people and help them achieve their destinies. It's about somebody else's destiny. It's not about my destiny. As I focus on everybody else around me, God is going to get into my destiny. And I'm just going to be like running, and I don't even know why, because I'm focusing on other people. Does anybody, does that make sense? So I want to I have a little fun here. Um, finish this statement. Shout it out. He's in high school and submitting his application for... All right, David. I knew you were anointed. She has reached career heights and is now planning for promotion. Sure. Retirement. Don, that's what I was looking for. He and she have been married for X amount of years and are saving up for a house. Hello. Spring showers bring May. All right. Those of you that just went hunting recently, brown is... All right, all right. Are you ready for some? So I just talked about a whole bunch of seasons. We don't know it, but we are inundated with seasons. They've constructed seasons to empty our wallets. (laughs) I just left one, and I know because my wallet's really empty. I'm like, I can't wait till that bill's paid, that bill's paid, that bill's paid. Praise God. I don't go in debt, though. Uh, So... These seasons in the natural, we love them. I, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite season. I love everything about it, from brown is down till all of the beautiful family times. And my wife and I announced one of our pregnancies one year. Um, it's just my favorite. Uh, and the, the spirit of it is thankfulness and gratefulness and how much can we give to God and still feel like we need to be more thankful, right? And as I was praying about this, because God put the season thing on my heart, God's like, I have seasons for you too, Stu. I operate in seasons. Why do I say that? Because Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Maybe write this down, check it out. If you've been to any funerals at all, you've heard this scripture. I'm going to read it because I want it to be powerful to you. I'm only going to read one verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose. Say purpose. Under heaven. So as I was praying about this and like taking my thoughts away from all the, you know, hundred times I've heard this passage, God, I heard him say, you know, nudging me is like, Stu, the reason I have seasons is because I have purposes. And each season for every person I've created has a divine purpose for that life. 
every single season you encounter. Just like I go into Black Friday, I know what the season is. It's about getting stuff as cheap as I can. I go to Thanksgiving, I know what that season's about. I go to football season, I know what the season's about. Packers are going to beat up on the Bears today. Right? I know what these seasons are defined to do. What if we were so obsessed about our heavenly seasons? And what I would say is God's seasons for us. What if we were so intent on learning what God's got me doing right now and taking all the judgment and all that bologna sausage away and just saying, like, God, what do you have for me to do? I know what it is, like, feeling like. It may feel awesome. It may feel terrible. It may feel really vague and ambiguous and confusing. Doesn't matter what. What is the purpose of the season, God? Think of that question. Joseph, picture him. He's, he's sitting in the slammer because he did the right thing. God had him there for a purpose because he couldn't get to Pharaoh being Potiphar's best guy. Wasn't going to happen. God needed him to do two things. Number one, learn how to trust him because if we enjoy one glory we can become what? Complacent? Proud? But if God continues to draw me into the wilderness, who brought Jesus into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. He didn't be like, okay, I'm going to tell all the Christians from here to, you know, rapture time that 40 days is the fast. That's what you get. No. It had nothing to do with fasting and all that. It had everything to do with putting all of his reliance on the Father in heaven. That is the only way he could take the cross up. Without that wilderness season, he was not ready for the cross. He was not ready for miracles. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in his life. Sometimes as people, it's easy to look at the circumstances. It's easy to say, I'm really hungry, God. I want to turn this stone into bread. It's, it's really, really easy to do that. But as we take our flesh, everybody say, die to the flesh. If we die to our flesh, all of a sudden we can walk in the Spirit. All of a sudden we can start listening to what is the purpose that God has for me right now, regardless of what it feels like. I heard a sermon yesterday. I was listening to, uh, uh, he was the worship leader of Elevation. And I've never heard it said this way before. It was really good, really good. Uh, he, he's like, you know, I was on a mountaintop. But you know what's bad with mountaintops? You can see other mountaintops. I said this. He didn't say that. But it was like a little thing, and then like my life froze like Matrix, and then I, God was just giving me stuff. It's like, say that tomorrow. And I was telling my dad and Ian, we always give the mountaintop people like a pass. You know, and every sermon's about the folks in the valley, and fear not, you know, God is with you. I want to talk to the mountaintop people for a second. Because... Your, your retirement might look really fresh and, and everything that you're doing in the, in the world is, is working and jamming, but I want to speak to your mountaintop experience because it is God who brought you there and it is not his desire to leave you there. As we are on these mountaintops, God, God calls us higher. He calls us to a new glory in him. And so as Joseph was in the Potiphar's mansion, God called him into the prison Joseph realized that that was a season for him to grow in trust 
and grow in his discipline of hearing God. Everybody say hearing God. Sometimes you don't have to hear God when you're really successful, right? Or do you? Huh. I had a best friend in college, and he was, um, I loved him. I really did. But one of the things he used to say to me was, uh, you know, God isn't, God isn't desiring us to be successful. I would get so mad when he would say that. And we would, we would run down to the lake and we'd run back to Marquette. It just it disagreed with every bone in my body. Um, God isn't about us being successful or unsuccessful as much as he's about us having a relationship with him and having a conversation with him. And regardless of where I'm at at the mountain, whether you want to talk anointing levels and all that stuff, because it is it absolutely is quantitative. Elijah can't give two of something if the anointing is just free for everybody and it's the same. Elisha got two times what Elijah walked in. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking God for more today. And as we're asking God for more, this message is for everyone. The season that you're in, God has a divine purpose for you to accomplish something. And so what is that purpose? What is that purpose? Hallelujah. What is the reason for your season? Isaiah said that Jesus would be a man of what? Sorrows. He would be acquainted with grief. And this is actually where my friend got hung up. He loved the prophets and... and you know, he, he just, he wanted to be, I'm not making fun of him. He loved Jesus. He wanted to be a man of sorrows. He wanted to be acquainted with grief. <laughs> that's fake news. <laughs> we, we, that's, a, that's a messed up theology. Don't do that. See, if you're living right, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to be acquainted with grief. <laughs> All right, I don't know about you guys but I'm acquainted with grief. And his joy is my strength. He was the man of many sorrows. I don't have to do that because Jesus did it and he took it to the cross. So I seek his joy and I'm filled with his strength. The reason for the season that you're in, if you're in a wilderness season, I want to have a little illustration here, I think, in a minute because I want you to never forget it. The wilderness seasons are tough, but they're designed by the Lord and they're designed to get us stronger but like my buddy, I don't want us to ever be like looking for one, looking for a wilderness season, you know, distancing yourself and kind of doing a woe is me. I've lived right. This isn't working. Forget it. I'm going to become depressed. I, I think of the Israelites. And the Israelites had how many years in the wilderness? 40 years. That is a long wilderness season. That's a tough one. But it, it says that the Lord was with them. Why do I say that? It's, again, I, I just want to be kind of annoyingly obstinate against certain theologies that suggest things. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy really quick. This is how big the Father's love is. Deuteronomy chapter 29 I'm going to read this is so cool. I'm going to read chapter uh, 29, verses 1. If you're there, great. If not, write it down. It says, These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he hath made them in Horeb. 
And Moses called unto Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, unto Pharaoh and unto his servants, and unto all his land. The great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Everybody say great miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear. Say it. Oh, no, I meant the next line. Until this day. All right, we're going to try it again. Oh, Jesus, help us. Come on. Let's read, let's read verse 4 together. Only if you have King James. <laughs> Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear, until this day. Today is the day that we get to perceive, that we get to hear, that God gives us eyes to see it. It goes on to say, and I have led you 40 years. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Stop thinking so much about your sin. Stop thinking about what you've done wrong or what you missed God on. He's not thinking like that. He can't wait to put you back on the tracks and headed to glory, the next glory that was better than the last glory. Let's stand and give God praise right now. Come on, let's stand and give God praise. God is more than your sin. He's greater than it. And he has a humongous destiny for you. You can sit down. I want to read that again. Come on, some of you guys are sleeping on me. And I have led you through 40 years. We keep on thinking like the Israelites did something wrong to keep them there in 40 years. Yes, but. Everybody say but. God is good. God is love. God is more than a conqueror in our lives. When we see him that way, he can do it. But if I hold myself accountable in an ungodly way, then I can't go anywhere. I haven't even gotten to where I wanted to get. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. I want to push a pause there. Kids, you'll enjoy this, I think. So as I was praying about this, I wasn't going to do it today, and God was just like, like, you got to do it, you got to do it, in the, in the shower and stuff. And so um, this is a scripture that has always ministered to me because I, I don't know who preached it. Maybe it was Mike Shreve or something. But I was, always, I was always fascinated by the fact that one pair of sandals lasted 40 years. That's what it says. The Lord said your clothes didn't wax old and your shoes didn't fall apart. That's amazing to me. That blows a hole in the you sinned and you're going in circles because God provided for them. We just put way too much weight on the sin of our lives, guys. God wants to provide for you in every season that you're in. And so let's consider a wilderness season because God has that in every life. Say, my life has wilderness seasons. Thank you, Jesus, for the wilderness season that builds my faith, and my patience on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. That's why they're there, folks. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, man, that's crazy. That's a revelation. Because there's so many people that get into a wilderness season and they take it the wrong way. Jesus, you don't want them to take it the wrong way. Joseph didn't take it the wrong way. He, he wasn't, you know, sitting in a corner, like with his knees like this and like you see in Monte Cristo or whatever. Like he, he was... Okay, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can for Jesus in here. Guard, what can I do for you? Before you know it, he was in charge of the whole shebang. 
He, I, I don't think he was behind the slammer. I think he was wandering around, probably handing out really good reports to people who needed probably a lot of encouragement because <laughs> people were there for other reasons. And then he bumped into some God moments and he gave people dreams only because he didn't see his wilderness as condemnation. He saw his wilderness as this is God. It's got to be. My dreams are real. Guys, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about our destiny. Why is this important? Because your wilderness has a time frame. While God brings us into the wilderness, this is huge. Write this down. While God brings me into a wilderness, I'm favoring the left stage. I don't know why. Sometimes we prolong our wilderness habitation. Don't we? I've done it to my own life. I remember I had this mad crush on a girl, and I handled it way wrong. And uh, I, was just, I was just a stupid 25-year-old, you know? Months. Woe is me. I'm never going to get married. Celibacy is in my future. Yeah. God, I thought you had bitter plans for me. She was the one. <laughs> right, Stu. Okay. Are you good, Stu? <laughs> like if God drank coffee. I think he does. He's like sipping his coffee. Well, I'm crying out to him, and he's, he's loving me. He's a loving God. But he's also like, this love is for you to see how bigger I am than the thing you did or didn't do or however you see it, Stu. Just don't worry about it. Sometimes our wilderness seasons, and I'm being funny, but some, some wilderness seasons aren't funny at all. Some people lose their jobs because of a reorg, because you did the right thing, because you didn't do something that was ungodly. Some people lose their spouses. The enemy comes against you, and by divorce or by death, stuff happens. These are wilderness seasons. Am I saying that God designed those? No. I am saying God uses them. And he uses them for our good. Say, our good. And so as these wilderness seasons come along, it's up to us. How f- Dad used to say this to me all the time, and Mitch and Wendy. It's up to us how long, how long do we want to mope around once you, once, you, once you repent, you're golden. Go. It's humans that put this prolonged purgatory thingy on us after we sin, and we got to like, woe is me ourselves until we feel good about ourselves. That's called self-pity and false humility. That's got nothing to do with God. So as we're in a wilderness season, as God starts to under, help us understand the purpose of that wilderness season, we can be impactful. I want to I make a, 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 just a... A thing, bear with me, especially if you don't like soccer, you can fall back asleep. So, these are shoes. Uh, shout out what you, uh, what brand these are, you guys that play soccer. Pumas, all right. So, when I was in college, Pumas were awesome. That was, that was the bee's knees, man. I mean, I had, I had a pair of shoes for every day of the week, practically. And these were my first pair, well, second pair of soccer shoes. My first pair were red and white. I bought them in California. And then these ones I bought back at home. And I put these things to use. Um, the, the, the top leather started to slide and then your feet hurt. And those of you that play soccer or run, you start to develop like a, a tight IT band. You, you feel it. Shoes are important, folks. This is hugely spiritual, so don't, don't get too crazy on me. God knew shoes were important for the Israelites. Your shoes are important. But I kept wearing them. I love these shoes. I mean, like, these, these have so many memories. Like, oh, that goal was beautiful. It was, it was awesome. 
how he's streaking down the left side. I had, I'm, a, I'm a striker. I run really fast. God gave me speed, and, he, and I feel his pleasure. <laughs> Name the movie. Somebody. Chariots of Fire. Thank you, Jay. So, so these shoes, all of a sudden, can almost become an idol. Huh. But I thought God made these shoes to last. He did make them to last. But he doesn't want your wilderness season to last. He doesn't want Joseph hanging out in prison ministry the rest of his life. He can interpret dreams all day long. He's got a bigger plan. Say, God's got a bigger plan for me. All right. So back to these shoes. I'm like, oh, these are awesome. I remember having a really hard time about hanging these buggies up because I didn't have money as I started to entertain Mary and Curie and that. And so, uh, so I, we're in a wilderness season. These shoes were prolonged, right? So, okay, I get over that. I'm going to hang them up. What do we do when we're in wilderness seasons? Sometimes, sometimes, like I said in the beginning, we start looking at other people. Oh, Stacy's really anointed. What does she do? I wonder what her devotional routine is. I wonder what her Instagram looks like. Oh, I'm going to do just what she does. Oh, I love her makeup. I need to do that. All right. Danny, I wonder what Danny does. That guy is so full of joy. I, I just feel depressed. I want to know what Danny's doing. Oh, you know, he, he's been called to do this. Then I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. See what I mean? When we're in a wilderness season, sometimes we can become so, like, discombobulated because we're looking at the wrong things we don't ask God what the purpose of the wilderness season is, and then we do double wrong and try to be somebody else. So what did I do? I, I decided, you know what? Oh, World Cup, baby. It was 2008. These shoes have scored a lot of goals, more than those, and they still work. These suckers are 11 years old. Check me on that. It was 06 or 08. I think it was 06, actually. And th- these are David Beckham's. Everybody say David Beckham. <laughs> you just said something in church you never thought you'd do. So these are David Beckham's. These are expensive, all right? These are kangaroo, and, and they hold their form great. They're actually called predators. Clarky, I think you got predators. Put your hands up if you had a predator. Yeah, predators are huge. Mitch, Danny, Clark. Well, so then I was like, well, that, the, those aren't good enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be Danny and Stacy, and I'm going to try to be somebody else because their anointing's awesome, and I love being around them, and I get the holy goosebumps. So I'm going to be Lionel Messi. Yes, Lionel Messi. Anybody know who Messi is? Oh, Jesus, help us. Thank you, Lord. These are, these are soft ground cleats. And then just like those shoes, I was like, well, I became almost like greedy. You ever been a, like almost like, oh, man, I went to Sean Bolts's. I'm going to prophesy like him. Guess what? It works. God wants to prophesy through you. Has he called you to be a prophetic traveling minister? Probably not. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to do this parallel thing. I go and see an awesome concert. I'm going to put it really close to home. Coldplay or, or Brian Johnson. And sometimes if you're, if you're really carnal, you're like, I'm better than him. Oh, man, he said that wrong. He played the wrong chords. I'm way more anointed to that. You ever had that run through your head? I guess only I did. So, uh, so when I have those moments and I try to bring it back home, it's like, like my goofy little soccer analogy. I want to be, okay, so then what I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the jersey and then, and then I, got, I got messy. I got his jersey. 
I'm spending money and time that I probably didn't have. Actually, Mitch and Emily bought me this jersey. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's an expensive jersey. So Lionel Messi's the best soccer player in the world. This has got to be godly. I'm doing everything that I can to be Danny and Stacy and Brian Johnson and Sean, whoever his last name is, and I'm reading the Bible. I mean, like, I'm one person. Let's, let's go backwards in time. Why am I doing this? Because I'm not content with who I believe I am or the season that I'm in because I didn't go to God and ask him, what is the season supposed to be for? If I did that first, I would have peace and I would be like, Joseph, all right, I'm going to make the most of this situation. What is God calling me to do right now? As opposed to spending all kinds of money and time and then before you know it, you got like one jersey, you got another jersey and then there's David Beckham. I mean, good Lord. And, and you know what's crazy about this jersey is it's got all kinds of grass stains. Like, I wore this one out, or my wife got the stains out, but there used to be huge green stains on this. We spend so much time chasing conferences and chasing what I think God's calling me to do because I saw somebody else do something. That's not what God wants us to do. You feeling what I'm putting down? I, I could waste my whole life chasing something when I'm, the only thing I'm supposed to be chasing other than my wife is Jesus. I'm chasing somebody else's season to try to do what God's called them to do. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise Jesus. I think I made my point. There's so much there though, you know, like, like, you can be in that wilderness season and enjoy it all your life. I know people that have done that. I know people that are doing that. I'm 33. I've been in the church my whole life. And I see people who are twice and three times my age still carrying their freaking pumas around when God had 5,000 other sets of pairs for them to wear and move on. God's got a new call. Put it in the spiritual for you. There's new wine. Hang up that camel skin and get a new one. And if you don't know where to get it, I would start in the word and right after that, find somebody who you trust and support and will submit to. Those two things together will become an explosion in your life. And you will find out that God's got a jersey for me. I have a jersey with my name on it. Everybody praise God for that. Right now, just begin to thank God for the jersey that you have. I don't need to be wearing David Beckham's jersey. Like, why? Bend it, Beckham. I can't even do that. Some of you guys have done that in the spirit realm. You've tried to be somebody else. You've tried to do things out of probably bad advice. And you found like, wow, this is awkward and I'm not feeling it and this is embarrassing. <laughs> I missed it. But God's graciousness, everybody say, God's graciousness. He pulls us back. And he said, Joseph, even though you were really loud about your dream and that was supposed to be just for you and I to pray and fast about, we're going we're gonna, to, the detours, not long, we're going to get there. Thank you, Jesus, for your detours. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for the sandals that you've designed for us to wear in our wilderness seasons. And I thank you, Jesus, for the, the anointed prayer life of this generation, of these people in this house, 
Lord, that seek after you, that want to know what is your reason for your season that God's given you. What is the reason for the season that God has you in right now? Who is your baker and butler? Who is your Pharaoh? I'm going to ask my father-in-law and my dad to come up and just begin to collect his thoughts. He's going to pray us home. But I don't want us to leave this without having uh, an appointment with Jesus. Why don't we all stand right now? Musicians, come on up and start playing something anointed. We're just trying to lad this plane. If you could just close your eyes, and, and however you, you just get alone with Jesus, I want you to do that. Because, it, again, it doesn't matter what I feel like in this current season. God knows our sorrows. Let me bring us back to Ecclesiastes. There is a time for everything, Solomon said, everything. But he also said that there's a purpose for each one. And God never wastes a season. He never wastes a season. He has a beautiful plan for your life. He has a beautiful plan for your current season. Don't waste your season. Come to him with your sandals. And this is cool, guys. Come to God and just say, God, I'm really done wearing these shoes. I mean, Jesus, I want the next season of my life to start. That's a beautiful prayer. Go to him. Go to him and ask him. Some of you know what I'm saying because you're praying that right now. Keep on praying to God and saying, God, what is the next step? I don't want to wear these shoes anymore. I'm ready for the next pair. I'm ready to understand what my purpose is right now. I'm ready to be used by you. He never, ever says no to that prayer. Before you know it, you're talking to your butler. You're talking to your baker. You're talking to the pharaoh. God is going to promote you in this season. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. You know what, you guys? We just take a, just a minute and just reflect on what our young pastor is speaking over us today. Dreams and visions and destinies, guys. How many of you guys want to walk out, in, out, of, out of a wilderness season and knowing God's will for your life? You guys, you know what? Right now, just say, Father, take the biggest sledgehammer you have and start knocking down walls. You guys, that's the, that's, the, that's the first step, you guys, in really starting to see God. Why? Because it's recognizing where we are and who he is in our lives. Father, show us your dreams for our lives. Show us who we are in your eyes. Let us see ourselves as you see us. In Jesus' name. So you guys, what, what, it, what is it about God's word that stirs a person to action? Power. His eternal word. It's, it's what Stuart's talking about, you guys. It's the spirit of man, the spirit of God, responding to the spirit of man. God's spirit to man, responding. You guys, you know what? Respond today. Take action. I want to I encourage us out of John 14. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Guys, as we put our trust in God, all of a sudden, obedience starts to overflow. Well, out of obedience 
comes, exactly what Stuart's talking about today. God shows up and reveals who he is. Jesus said in 14.6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know that my Father as well. From now on, you know me because I am one with the Father. You guys say this with me. I want to remain in Jesus. Guys, it says in 15, it says, I am the true vine. Stuart, this is where I was this morning. Just backs up what Stuart was ministering, you guys. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me. This, you guys, this is Jesus saying this. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that even more, so I'll be more fruitful. Check this out. I've never seen this, you guys. It says, um, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. You guys, you know what? I, I've got to believe this is Jesus. You guys, you are already clean. That's what Stuart's preaching on. It's what Jesus said to his disciples. You are already clean because the words I've spoken to you. What were the words? The words from the Father. Remain in me as I remain in you. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No one, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Guys, I want to encourage this gathering of believers. Beautiful word of life today. Dreams, destinies, visions. But it's not about, it's not about a person up here. God wants us to act on it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord. You guys, the, the greatest commandment, Jesus left them with this. This is my command. You want to you wanna start seeing this stuff happen? What's the greatest command? Love one another. Because you know what love does? It covers all that stuff that we see against other people. If we're not loving them, then we start to see the stuff. Stuart's saying we, we see God's stuff. Let that love, let that command, let that command go deep. You guys, you know what? Just out of obedience today, raise your hands. Close your eyes, raise your hands. Father, we've heard your word, so we believe that we're clean. Lord, we want to remain in the vine. God, thank you for pruning off the things that don't belong. Cutting them off, but pruning me, Lord, for the things that belong. Like Stuart said, I'm not looking at the past. I'm not wearing my cleats from yesterday. I'm, 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 I'm loving people. I'm loving Jesus. Thank you for, you guys say this with me. Thank you for my future. Thank you that I'm held in your hands. And that you have everything good for me. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Keep smiling, you guys. God loves you. If you guys want prayer this morning, please come up and get touched by some anointed men and women of God. Don't leave this sanctuary without getting prayed for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this recent message. Please visit eaglesnestchurch.net for more information.